It's time for your daily dose of Buddy C. I'm here with my buddy Steve Rogers, a comedian, and actually the first comedian to give me a chance on stage with an open mic. How you doing today, sir? I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. Finally, I'm glad to have you on the show, man. Yeah, I'm excited to be here. I know. Well, we 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 scheduled a few times, you know, all that stuff. But hey, well, yeah, I, uh, yeah. I mean, things come up. Like, yeah. Surprisingly, during a pandemic, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm still busy. Yeah, you're not the first. You're not the last. So. Exactly. Yep. Yeah. All right. Tell us a little bit about yourself for our guests that don't know you. Uh, I mean, uh, I'm a Gemini. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a stand-up comic from Syracuse, New York. Mm. I live in New York City, and uh, that's basically consumed most of my identity. And uh, I'm, yeah, that's about it, really. That's all I identify myself as. Nice. How'd you get into stand-up comedy? Uh, I always wanted to do it. Like uh, my um, parents would watch like late nights and uh, like HBO specials, and I would see how they reacted. I'm like, oh, I want to make my I want to make adults have that reaction. And uh, then I ended up watching it myself and falling in love with it. And one thing left left to another, and gave it a shot. Sweetness. Yeah. So where are some of your favorite places to perform at? Um, well, I've been lucky enough to do theaters. Uh, I opened for uh, Brian Regan and he's, he's brought me to a bunch and those are probably my favorite. Um, but I love uh, comedy clubs so much like New York comedy clubs, probably my favorite one in New York. And then uh, there's a lot of clubs on the road. So I'd say clubs and, and theaters, which I'm lucky enough to do on a, somewhat regular basis nice yeah nice now correct me if i'm wrong you were on stephen colbert right yeah yeah i was yeah, what was that like it was uh it was amazing it was a dream come true i have to remove this cat from my desk and i want proof <laughs> of why my uh attention has been somewhere else um yeah i was on in 2019 and uh it was amazing it was a dream come true like i said i always watch like late nights and stuff and uh the fact that you get to do what made you want to do comedy is is just full circle it's amazing uh mm-hmm. i was i'm very grateful for uh, that opportunity it was so mm-hmm. fun what was stephen colbert like i wouldn't know i haven't met him he was oh. uh we uh did not cross paths in that experience uh, but uh, still grateful that he gave me a shot. So uh, I'll say he's great. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. How did that opportunity come ahead, if you don't mind me asking? Uh, I, I was performing, and uh, the booker for the show was in the audience. Oh, nice. Yeah. Most of the any opportunity I've ever gotten was just by someone seeing me live. I think that's for anyone getting into comedy, it's just like get work on the stand-up don't worry about the emails and stuff and uh then hopefully the doors open and you're mm-hmm. ready when they present themselves mm-hmm. now speaking of people in the audience as much as you have the uh you know the um talent agents or you know the bookers you also have, there's also a slight chance you have hecklers you yeah know? so do you have any good heckler stories for us uh yeah, I had one time I was doing a theater in the round, which uh, 
So you have a circular stage and the audience is all around you. And uh, there was a guy yelling, uh, take your shirt off. And uh, I, you know, when you have a heckler, it's like, if you're opening for somebody and you have a heckler, it's kind of difficult situation because you want to set the show up wonderfully for the headliner. And it, remember that it's not about you. So mm-hmm. I can't just like, I'm even not, I'm not even that kind of guy, but you can't just like put them in their place. So I, what I like to do is give hecklers enough rope uh, where they either hang themselves or the audience does it for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I just play, I kept going, but I, every time he would say something, I would, uh, I don't remember anything that I said, but I would just make light of it and get a laugh. And then it got to a, a point where he would not stop. And uh, it's hard to find somebody like that when it's in the round, cause they're all around you. So it's hard mm-hmm. to find where it's coming from. And uh, they didn't ever find him and he still did it during the headliner. Mm. It was, uh, unbelievable but then the headliner let him have it so i was like okay well now by then the audience hates that guy and the headliner took care of it and the headliner looks better and i don't look bad because i didn't lose uh my temper yeah you didn't lose your cool or anything like that you didn't right right i've seen comedians do that i've seen comedians just stand there and go i'll wait yeah i mean it's it's like what do you do because there's, it's not like there's one type of heckler. There's several kinds. There's oh, yeah. someone that's drunk and having fun. There's the person that's drunk and had a horrible day or is not happy with their current situation or mm-hmm. the drunk person that wants to be funnier than you. And then there's sober people of all of those types. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's certainly something you can only learn to handle by experiencing it. Uh, which which sucks because I think like all of us as new comedians, we write down, oh, if I have a heckler, I'll say this, or if a heckler yells that, I'll do this. And it's like you can't really prepare. Nah. It's like preparing for a conversation. It's hard to do. You don't know what's mm-hmm. going to happen. Mm-hmm. Most definitely. Some of the best hecklers I've seen were um, there was this one lady who like in the middle of like a New Year's Eve show mm-hmm. came up and asked the comedian for a mic or for the mic, and we're like, uh, what's going on here and then she i overheard her say like she wants to share this like experience that she went through Mm. like it sounded very traumatic or something And i'm like i am a former missionary do not give her that mic yeah yeah it goes south very quickly (laughs) yeah yeah it's um it's funny because the heckler will presents the mindset of anyone thinks they can do what we do Mm -hmm. and uh Cause it's like a double-edged sword. If you're, if you make it look like all of it's off the top of your head, uh, people like it more cause it seems in the moment and spontaneous or you are in the moment and spontaneous, but the, the reverse end of that sword is they're like, Oh, then I could do it too. I can do exactly what they do. And then if you hand the mic, it's only uh, catastrophe and yeah. it ruins a lot of things. And, it's uh, yeah. It's never good. Never, never mm-hmm. give them the mic. Never. Nope. Nope. And they even stopped. And like there was, a, I remember the comedian saying, "You want to sit down? The people can't be behind you. Can't you see here? So whatever." Mm-hmm. And he's like, "I'm only like five foot something." He's like, "Yeah, them sit down. They're like three foot something." So. <laughs> yeah. 
he played along with it well. Um, That's great. There was another time I got heckled myself. I uh, mm. I was doing an open mic and I tell the story of like how I had I hate winter because you know you go outside and it go in the winter and you step in the snow and your ankles get cold. Poor you. Yeah. I go outside as a little person. I get blue balled. You know. <laughs> so I um and then like this guy was shouting like they were blue before you were born or something like that. Oh, boy. So, and he was just doing this throughout this entire performance. I finally stopped and went, sir, question, how high are you? And he started to answer, and I'm like, no, no, no. I wasn't asking about your physical stature. Ha, 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 ha. Yep. That's great. Mm-hmm. So who are some of your comedic role models, by the way? Um, I mean, Ray Romano is one of my uh, favorites. Of mm-hmm. all of all time, and uh, I liked how personal he made his material, and and so personal that it was easy to make a very relatable uh, sitcom mm-hmm. about it, where everybody's like, "Oh, that's my relative." So it's like his his standup was so personal it just fit uh, for everybody, in my opinion. And then uh, mm-hmm. Gary Shandling, I'm uh, pretty close to obsessed with Gary Shandling. Uh, I love his his stand up and his uh, his shows and uh, I don't know if you saw the documentary the Zen Diaries but it's like amazing for mm. for comics and then uh, Ellen DeGeneres was one of my favorite stand ups growing up like she got her specials got me through high school it's just like oh this is constant joy and then uh, Brian Regan is is also one who. Uh, mm. Now is I would say on the top of my list now because I know him personally yeah. and, and see more versions of everything. But uh, yeah, I'd say those those people. And Wendy Liebman was one of the first comedians I saw on TV, and I was like, I want to do that. Mm-hmm. She she's just got a m- million punchlines, all subtle, amazing. Mm-hmm. They're uh, they're great. Yeah, yeah. I would say them. So what was it like working with your role model, Regan? I mean, at first it was very uh, uh, emotional because it's like is, I have uh, I have anxiety and uh, it was um, hard because I immediately was like, oh, man, am I going to screw this up? Am I even worth it? Like, did he what is, like none of it was like, hey, this person sees something in me. It was all well, clearly there's a glitch and somehow I, I am in this amazing position. Uh, and it took me a while to just accept that he thinks I'm funny and, and thinks that I'm uh, worth being on the road with. And mm-hmm. uh, so I would say it was, it made me work very hard. It made me work, I, I, I worked harder than I ever did in my life. And every time he'd ask me again, I'd work harder to prove that I uh, should be with him. And I, I think I still do that, but now I'm not as nervous about mm-hmm. it. Are there any other, I think, did I ask you this before, are there any other, com- um, like, notable comedians that you've done work with, or? Uh, Gary Goldman, and, uh, who uh, I love very much. Mm-hmm. I've only worked with him once, but we, uh, I would consider him, a, we're friendly, like, buddies, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, enough where, like, if I if we cross paths, we talk, and, and uh, I love his, his stand-up, and I love his views on stand-up, and his expectations for himself, uh, which can hurt your self-esteem. I have the same issue, and I've learned a lot from him about how to fix that, which I like. 
Uh, Joe List is uh, who whose uh, special just came out the other day uh, on YouTube. Uh, he's a, a really good friend of mine, and I get to work with him a lot. And he's just got joke, 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 which I love. Um, and uh, I'm trying to think of anyone that's very notable. Rocky Laporte, who was on Last Comic Standing, I worked with him for a while, and and I love I love working with him and. Just people like that. I haven't worked with many uh, big celebrity type comedians. I would just say Brian, which uh, is good enough for me. I'm fine with that. I'll take yep. that. Yep. So what do you do outside of comedy nowadays? Uh, well, with the quarantine, I've been, uh, uh, like stand-up's like my favorite thing of all time and, and it's hard for me to do other things i like I'm, I'm cooking more which is great and like uh uh i'm a meditator so i like to meditate and, and read up on things and uh i got a cat so that's very time consuming she made a cameo mm -hmm. briefly um but other than that it's all like every day is a stand-up day for me it's like what can we work on you should be listening to sets. I write every day. Um, I'm a workaholic. I think even with uh, things being shut down and, and not being able to go up as much, I've still found a way to consume my entire day with work. So that may mm. be an issue, but that's mainly what my life is. Mm. Very nice. Now, you mentioned the COVID impact. Like you mentioned like quarantining and all that. Yeah. How do you think, how do you personally think COVID has been impacting or will like impact the future of comedy or like uh, live comedy? Um, well, I do a, um, a podcast uh, called Panic Attacking, which is, uh, that's all my other time is, is dedicated towards. Mm -hmm. And we do now a live show on Zoom where it's stand up uh, like every other Saturday. It's the second and fourth Saturday of the month or something like that. I'm forgetting. I'm a horrible person. I'm plugging myself. But uh, uh, that's something that uh, is not ever existed before is is, is Zoom stand-up. Now people can, if they're stuck inside, still consume stand-up, live stand-up where the person is talking to you, not a special where it's edited. It's all in the moment. And I think that's amazing. I think Zoom stand-up is is um, made fun of a lot or bashed by comedians, but I think it's great. I think it makes you uh, more yourself. I think it makes it easier to try new stuff. Um, I think it makes you, it can make you grow if you use it right. So I think that's great. But obviously stand-up is still supposed to be consumed live. Like it, you need to be there. And I think Zooms is just the second best you can find. So I think, on the plus side, Zoom is great. And more people are finding ways to be creative in another way, like yourself, making podcasts and making shows to make up for the fact that they don't get to perform. I think that's wonderful. But uh, I'm, I'm, I'm choosing to be positive and say that we'll find a way to do stand-up live again through all of this. And then eventually one day, hopefully, it's back to normal. Um, <laughs> And then the negative side is I know I can, I'm just going to speak for myself, but I know a lot of people that are like me is uh, it's affected your, it, your mental health 
if you're a person that identifies yourself as a comedian, if you, if you're obsessed with stand-up as much as I am and, and love it so much when it's taken away, like it has been, you find out how big of a part it was of you. And that can be, uh, affect, it can affect you greatly and it can hurt you. So it's like, um, I know a lot of comedians, we, I, I make sure we talk, a lot of my friends talk just because it's like, who else can you complain to? Like I have, I go to, I go to therapy, but like a therapist never did stand up. Mm-hmm. but I can call my buddy who's a comic and we can uh, t- help ourselves through this hard time. Everyone is going through a hard time and uh, I'm not diminishing that, but uh, if anyone that loves their job and can't do it anymore is going through a hard time. And I think that's how it's affected comedy is it's affecting the comedians. Most and of- and that's uh, I'm an advocate for whatever you got to do for your mental health, meditate, therapy, whatever. Uh, this is the time that it, you got to w- worry about that and, and focus on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. That's a great idea, you know, because there are some people like not just for comedians, but for other yeah. people, you know, because I work for a news station and just the amount of people that you see like online that are just like. You know, you just post the simple coronavirus status of today. Yeah. The statistics and just, it's like, release the hounds, you know? Yeah, yeah. So that's great advice. But speaking of some do-good work, I always ask my guests that come on this show, what, if you could have our audience donate to any charity of your choice, mm-hmm. what would it be? Um, I would say MS Resources or... Mm-hmm. Um, Really, I'll say this: anything for multiple sclerosis. Uh, it's a fact. I don't personally have it, but I have my mother has had it my whole life, and uh, my sister also has it. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's just a big cause. That uh, I mean, obviously, it's affected me personally, so that's how I care so much about it. But uh, it has no cure, and uh, it's still being worked on. And I've seen how it affects. Uh, people, because I, 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 as growing up, I would go and uh, volunteer and stuff with them. And so you, I've, I know a lot of people with it that have it. So anything towards that, and I'll be your friend for life. You give any money to that, I'm, and I'll walk your dog or whatever the hell you want me to do. I money to that, please, for the love of God, fix fix do. MS. Do multiple sclerosis people. Yeah. And now it's time for what I call. The ultimate buddy cast buddy question. <laughs> okay. What is your advice to anyone who wants to be a stand-up comedian? Um, okay. Well, I mean, now I get it. It's funny because I already did some. Now I got to find stuff I didn't say. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> you can um, do it yourself. We don't mind. Oh, great. Well, I, and if I ramble, I apologize, but I'm very passionate What's about this it. What's man? Um. Well, first of all, if you want to be a comedian and you're listening to this and you have never done it, uh, this is something that is going to sound silly, but uh, you just need to do it. There's no other way to learn it as good as doing it. And everyone's, this is, all of this is is coming, is my personal opinion. So if you disagree, I apologize. But uh, a lot of people think that they can cheat, uh, cheat in quotes um 
by figuring it all out before they go up on stage so that they won't fail. Failing is, is the teacher in stand-up comedy. Um, you will, if you kill, that's great. I, I remember hearing a story from uh, uh, Bob Dylan, who's a stand-up comedian, who's amazing. Uh, he, uh, not Bob Dylan, Bob uh, Marley. God, I knew it was a musician name, <laughs> Bob Marley. Uh, Bob uh, Marley got off stage. Everyone on the show murdered. They killed, everyone did great. And he got off stage, sat down in the green room and said, well, we learned nothing tonight. And and that's always stuck with me. It's like the fail, failure is the teacher and you can only uh, you can only fail or succeed by doing. So do perform whatever way you can perform. Even if it's right now, go on Zoom mics, uh, form your own open mic or your own Zoom show, make your own opportunities to get up and and tell jokes right every single day too mm-hmm. even if you uh, don't cheat yourself on writing if you're like um i got nothing today well then you didn't try like you didn't write for long enough or you didn't just write write about how you're, you have nothing today write about how you want to be better write how you're feeling just write and it will uh make you better. Every time you write a joke, even if it's bad, you're better at writing jokes. Mm-hmm. So writing is just like performance and and uh, performance and writing, you can only get better by doing. There's no way around it. And then consume as much stand-up as you can uh, at all possible. Listen to podcasts like this and other ones that have comedians uh, talking about stand-up because you can still learn stuff, but it's only, like guys, I'm like I'm saying, you can only get good at it by doing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't focus on success. Focus on the uh, on the making of jokes. Don't worry about getting a late night or making like uh, getting a manager or an agent. Worry about getting funnier. That's mm-hmm. what you should. That's all you should be focused on is getting funnier, not being successful. That was tremendous advice. Yeah. But some comedians truly need to hear because everyone's like, how do I get an agent? How do I? Yeah. Like, that does not matter. I have no manager. I have no agent. Yeah. I, I got a, uh, I opened for Brian and I got a late night with no manager. So you can do things without those people. Those people are super helpful and at some point very necessary, but you, it's a while before you'll need that. So just focus on getting better and making mm-hmm. yourself last. Um, it's like what Steve Martin says. I'm sorry. It's like what Steve Martin says. You know, like in his master class, the question should be, "How do I be good?" Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. agreed. Just if you make yourself like, at, anytime I'm writing and I make myself laugh, I'm like, that's something. Someday, even if it's not right now, that's something. Uh, mm-hmm. And find the Gary Goldman tips. There's like an, a Vulture article with all of them. Those are very helpful as well. Yeah. I think last year he did a he did a New Year's resolution for every day of the year. He uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah, those are on a those are on an article now. Oh, sweet! All, they're all listed on a Vulture article. I think if you just search Gary Goldman tips, there's an article that has every one from the year uh, that he tweeted mm-hmm. on on there, and uh, that's super helpful. Mm-hmm. I yeah. There's one other question I forgot to ask you earlier. 
Sure. Have you been to the National Comedy Center yet? <laughs> yeah, uh, that's um, that's where the Colbert Booker saw me, and that's where Brian saw me. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, what do you think on the place? I love it. I think me it's too. great, and uh, I think it will continue to grow, and and uh, it's a great way for uh, people to learn about what comedians go through and uh, what what the process is and and everything and it's um it'll be interesting to see how it evolves now that comedy's evolving and uh yeah i know the people there uh very well and they and i love them and they they've been great and uh they care about stand-up and they care about comedy so that will only get better it's a wonderful place if you if you haven't gone and you're listening to this go to jamestown new york yes the comedy center is amazing yes uh don't tell them I sent you. It will do nothing. Uh, but it's it's a wonderful place, and I yeah. I can't wait to go back. Me too. I've been. I'm a member there. I uh, a funny quick funny story. Since I see your cat peeking in the back. Yeah, yeah. She's uh, um, she's checking her to do list, making sure huh. she got everything. <laughs> uh, my sister has a dog who I'm surprised you haven't heard because she's here today and <laughs> taking the dog for a walk, and the dog got away from me, and I chased her down. You can relate to something like this. I chased her down a street, across the street with oncoming traffic and partway up oh. my street. I caught her at the foot of my street and I was just panicked the entire time. Like the only thought that was rushing through my head is how am I going to explain this to my sister? Like what's, <laughs> yeah. Like, where do I become the good guy in this situation? Exactly. Yeah. Hit my car. What's the, you know? <laughs> yeah. Like, don't yeah, let the good guy all so, self-preservation. Exactly. So I get, I catch the dog. Now I'm steaming mad because I just ran like three blocks to catch her. Yeah. I move over. I get, I get home. I like, I lock her in like the laundry room for a period of time, and I just look at my dad who was working from home that day. And go, she is not coming out until I say so. <laughs> so now I'm like, I'm up in my room and I'm like pacing. I'm like, okay, I just need a fun activity. Before I end up selling a dog on eBay. Just, <laughs> and then it hit me like, I haven't been to the comedy center. I saw the outside because I went to a comedy fest in like, mm-hmm. I think it was 17 or 18 when they first opened. Yeah. Yeah. And I went to see um, last minute, what's her name? Amy Schumer. I went mm-hmm. to see her last minute. She was amazing. But I actually didn't go in the building. I went to see like people like um, Dan Aykroyd was there for a period of time. Yeah. I was there that year. Yeah. That was awesome. Yeah, and uh, uh, they uh, they get amazing people at their festival. Oh, most definitely. Last year they were supposed to have some amazing people. This year, Jeff Foxworthy and mm-hmm. uh, three guys come uh, Saturday. A lot of yeah, SNL people. Yeah, but I remember just walking into that building, taking one look around, and going, "What are your membership rates?" Mm-hmm. And their membership rates are not to do personal advertising for these guys, but their membership rates are phenomenal. Hundred yeah. bucks gets you in for the year and gets you three tickets to their to those comedy shows that we mentioned. Yep, that you can't beat something like that. No, you can't. My mm. uh, my roommate set the smoke alarm off with, uh, with, while they're cooking. So uh, I think that's your cue to go. So <laughs> thank you so much for being on our show and <gasps> having you. Thanks for having me, man. I, I I'm yeah. uh, honored that you asked me, and I appreciate you uh, having me. Most definitely.
Well, Stephanie, if you ever have something coming up, like a show or something you want to promote, just hit me up and oh, we'll chat. Right. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. All righty. For all my buddies out there, we'll catch you next time on BuddyCast. And don't forget, go be someone's buddy. <laughs> all right. See you next time, folks.